You're listening to the Blended Family Blueprint 5-Day Challenge for Stepmoms. Thank you for tuning in to the replays of this event. As you know, these episodes will only be available for a very limited time. So if you do have the opportunity to binge them all, make sure you do that before the episodes disappear. If you would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, and get access to the companion worksheets and all of that other good stuff, you can find the link to register in the show notes of this episode or on the bio link in my Instagram at the step queen. It's totally free for a limited time only and we have had some amazing results already. So I will see you in there. Happy listening. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning. How are ya? Day four. Can't believe it's day four already. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? I'm a little bit tired. If you saw my Instagram story, we got a kitty yesterday for my emotional domain of wellness. Um. Anyway, y'all are killing it. If you're tuning in right now, you're killing it. I'm super happy to see you again. Um. If you're here live, go ahead and say hi so that I know you're here if you're catching the replay go ahead and let me know type replay if you're tuning in on the pod on the queen of your castle podcast hello to you too good morning Chanel so by now if you have been paying attention then you're probably starting to realize that if you really truly want to live your happily ever after fairy tale life, then the only way to get there is to first get super specific about what exactly that looks like for you, right? And then come up with a plan to make it happen. It's literally that simple. <laughs> it sounds that simple. It sounds that simple to have happily ever after because it is that simple. Figure out what you want and take the steps to get there. Identify what you want specifically, come up with a plan to make it happen. But we as human beings, we love to complicate things. <laughs> but, you know, living a life that you love isn't actually that hard once you've been able to train your mind into focusing more on what you do want and less on what you do not want. Okay. But I also know that for gals like you and I, there's this extra complicating factor where in order to allow ourselves to really dream authentically into our futures and dream authentically about our futures, we have to come to terms with our partner's past and all of the implications that your partner's past directly have on your life here today. So in other words, if you're like most stepmoms that I work with, then it's probably true for you that your partner brought forth pieces of their past that you probably wish could have stayed in the past. Yes, yes. So, you know, as we've moved through the last three going on four days together, chances are also pretty good that some of you sitting there listening to me right now have had this silly little thought pop up in your heads. That silly little thought being, it's pointless to allow myself to create a vision for my future 
because there are too many complications from my partner's first life that are going to get in my way. And therefore, I'm going to stop myself from thinking that I can even have this ideal vision before I've allowed it to sit in my mind for a few seconds. But the way that I see it is this way, okay? Like when you learned to drive, when you learned to drive a vehicle, it was probably a bit scary, right? Like I have to take this driver's test, which is a bit scary. What if I get in a crash? Plus I have to always have a job now because I have to be able to pay for gas and pay for insurance and da 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 Chances are pretty good, at least if you're anything like me, chances are pretty good you maybe didn't really want to start driving necessarily, right? Like there are way too many complications that might happen here. What if I get a speeding ticket? What if I crash? What if people always expect me to drive everywhere all the time? There are a lot of complications that could have got in my way, that did get in my way, right? I wasn't necessarily, like I said, ready. I wasn't ready to start driving. I wasn't ready to get a car. But what I was ready for was to stop having to take the freaking bus in the cold ass Canadian winters. I was ready to stop doing that. I was ready to stop having to bum rides from my parents who usually said no anyway, right? And I'd end up having to walk or take the bus or worse, asking my friends to ask their parents to come pick my butt up and take me where I wanted to go. And so that's that's inevitably why I ended up getting over this discomfort of learning this new skill and taking on a higher level of risk by owning my own vehicle, getting my license, paying for my own insurance, da, 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 da. I wasn't ready, right? I wasn't ready for this risky, expensive new venture, this new endeavor. But I was ready to stop living my life relying on other people to get me where I needed to go or suffering through the cold, wet, dark Canadian climate without a vehicle. That's what I was ready to let go of. And so your life is very literally the vehicle that's taking you from where you are to where you want to go. And that crystal clear vision is where you want to go. So you might not be ready necessarily to allow yourself to dream into the future. You might not be ready to allow yourself to dream really, really big. You might not have the skills to get there yet. You might have a lot of fear about the risk or the responsibility of taking yourself where it is that you want to go. And that's okay, right? That's okay. But if you're not ready... For that, or if you're not ready to do that, my question for you becomes, are you ready to stop doing life the way that you have been doing it? Are you ready to stop relying on other people for rides? You know what I'm saying? So today's pillar is probably the one that most of you thought that this entire challenge would be about. Um, you can grab your worksheet, the same one that we've been using up to this point. And at the top where it says wellness domain, today's wellness domain is social wellness. Okay, so you can write that up at the top. Uh, morning, Lindsay. I'm happy you're here live finally. And Amy and 
Amy, both Amy's. Good morning. Brittany, good morning. Hi, Nikki. I'm happy to see you. Better late than never, right? So today is wellness domain, social wellness. <clears throat> and what does social wellness include? Social wellness includes romantic relationships, right? The reason that you're a stepmom, <laughs> your romantic relationship is included in your wellness, in your social wellness domain. Social wellness includes all of your relationships, essentially. Okay, so that includes your romantic relationship, your stepfamily relationships. So the relationship you have to each individual stepchild, the relationship that you have to their other parent. And I want to clarify, I want to clarify this, that for as long as you are a stepmother, you have a relationship to the kids. And for as long as you are a stepmother, you have a relationship to their other parent. No matter how great or how awful those relationships are, you are still in some sort of relationship with those people. Even if you're estranged, there's still a relationship there. So that relationship has the capacity to impact your well-being, which is probably no surprise to most people listening, right? Like, I know this relationship is terrible and estranged and it does really affect me. So just re- I just want to like clarify that it, a relationship isn't always a good, happy thing, right? Like when we think I'm in relationship, we think it's like with a partner. But for as long as there is like a connection between two people, there is a relationship there, whether that connection is like contentious and full full of drama or not, right? That relationship still exists. Um, Social wellness also includes your friendships, the connection that you have to your community. So this might look like any clubs that you belong to, um, any sports clubs or volunteering or book clubs, anything like that, that you belong to where there's other human beings. If you are part of a a religious community, that would be included in that, in the, in this social domain. Um, any online support communities that you belong to, AKA the stepmom story is also involved in this social domain. Um, all of these relationships, all your relationships, all your support systems, all the people in your life are under the umbrella of social wellness. Okay. So first things first, On a scale from one to 10, what is your current reality when it comes to your social wellness, aka your relationships as a general rule? How satisfied are you generally in your relationships? How respected do you feel? How connected do you feel? How intimate, how trustworthy, how reliable, how loyal do you feel that your relationships are? <clears throat> now, a lot of stepmoms have said to me that they can get really so lost in their stepfamily dynamics that it ends up costing them the relationships that they have with their friends or their family because their loved ones are like, what the hell is happening with you, <laughs> right? Or their loved ones get so frustrated with hearing these same problems over and over and over with nothing getting resolved that their friends and family will disconnect or put up the boundary that they don't want to hear about it anymore. 
because they want what's best for you. And when they see that you don't want what's best for you, it's like hard, right? It's hard to watch somebody you love. And this isn't just them to you, right? This could be you to other people in your life who are making decisions that you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you suffering, right? Why don't you change something? This is also included in this domain. Um, So how do your relationships make you feel? How do you feel about your relationships? Are they reciprocal? Are they equal? Is there always one person giving more and one person taking more? Or is it about giving and receiving, about sharing? What's your current reality in your social wellness domain? Like relationships are the thing. Relationships are the thing that make humans humans. We're such a social, a social species. Like this is literally the thing that differentiates humans from the rest of the animal kingdom is how social we are and how we're able to communicate socially. And little tidbit, being socially isolated or having unfulfilling relationships is as detrimental to your health as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. No shit. It's scientifically proven. Like hand to God, it's scientifically proven. Being socially isolated or having non-fulfilling relationships is as detrimental to your health as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Humans are no good alone. Humans need other humans. We need fulfilling relationships. Like it's wired into our brains. This is why we exist, is to create other relationships with other people. And arguably, at least in my own life, in my own experience, relationships probably have the biggest influence on a person's well-being. Would you agree with me? Your well-being is directly correlated to how good your relationships are. Like when your relationships are all feeling really good, you feel really great. But when your relationships are shit, you feel like shit. So at least for me, you know, my relationships have the biggest impact on the way that I feel on the, my level of wellness on a day-to-day basis. And that's exactly why everything that I teach inside of the stepmom story is specifically designed to help stepmoms improve their stepfamily relationships. Nothing can bring me up anyway. Nothing can bring me up or bring me down faster and harder than relationships. Moving on. In a perfect world, what would your social wellness domain look like? So I want to be really clear about something here. When you are writing your vision for your social wellness, it's really crucial that you're writing in the form of this is specifically what is happening. So I don't want to see anybody writing like in a perfect world, me and my stepkids don't fight anymore. Don't put that. Okay, don't put me and my stepkids are not doing this. My spouse's ex is not doing this anymore. Don't put that. Okay, why? Because your subconscious mind cannot think in negatives. It does not process negatives. So If you're like, what is she talking about? And you haven't been through the uplifted challenge, make sure you join it. It starts August 12th, okay? Um, But also important, really importantly, is like telling me what you do not want tells me 
and more importantly, you, absolutely nothing specific about what you do want. Saying I don't want this to happen tells me nothing about where you want to go. Tells you nothing about where you want to go. So if you and your stepkids are not fighting anymore, then what are you doing? Are you having family meals together every night? Are you going to the movies together? Are you helping them with their homework? No. Are you going for pedicures with your stepdaughter? Are you watching anime with your stepson? Are you guys playing Mario Kart together? Like what are you doing in your perfect world? And I want you to be getting as specific as possible here. Like if I was like in your house with a, with a video camera, <laughs> do people still have video cameras? If I had my iPhone out and I was filming you in your house, what would I see happening in your perfect world? What would I be observing happening in your perfect world if I was a fly on the wall? So saying, like when you say things like, in a perfect world, I'd be happy in my marriage. Again, that tells me and more importantly you, nothing about what it's going to take to create that happiness. If you're saying I would feel peaceful in my relationships, what does it take for that to happen? What specifically needs to happen for you to feel happy in your marriage, for you to feel peaceful in your relationships? What specifically has to happen? Does that look like, you know, having weekly date nights? That's specific. I can tell if that's happened. Yes or no. I can check it off on a box, right? Do you give gifts? I can check that off. I can see that happening. Do you go traveling together? We can check that off, right? That contributes to your happiness, but these are specific things that we can work toward. So what specifically needs to happen in order for you to feel happy and intimate in your marriage, for you to feel peaceful in your stepfamily relationships, specifics? Do you need to grieve the fact? Oh, Roy, Roy's, Roy's making his debut again. Um, Sorry, skills and capabilities. We're going to go move on to the skills and capabilities next when you're done filling that out. What skills and capabilities do you need to develop in order to have this vision of yours come true? Okay, so like I was saying, do you need to grieve the fact that the life you have with your partner is never going to look the way you wanted your life to look? Other skills and capabilities you might need to develop. Like, do you need to grieve the fact that your spouse has already been there, done that with somebody? Grieve and heal from that so that you can stop letting the pain of your partner's past dictate your present and your hope for the future. Do you need to grieve that? Do you need to process that? Do you need to feel into that and realize what's happening when things from your partner's past are like really impacting you? Because until they're grieved, until they're processed, they will live inside of you forever. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't. No pressure. Do you need to develop the skill of like learning what is a healthy boundary? Do you need to develop the skill of setting and honoring your boundaries? And I've brought boundaries up every single time in every single one of these domains because boundaries are at the center of wellness. Boundaries are wellness. Wellness are boundaries. Most folks have no idea what boundaries even are, right? Like a boundary isn't something that you do to somebody else. A boundary is something that you do for yourself, to keep yourself safe, to keep your wellness protected. It's not something you punish other people with, right? 
And you can't set boundaries on other people's behalf. So something I see all of the time in the stepmom world is when stepmoms are like, I told my, I told my partner he can't or she can't talk to their ex. I told them, I set that boundary and they're not following it. They're not respecting it. But we can't set boundaries on behalf of other people. We can't do it. That's not boundary setting, right? That's not boundary setting. But this is what people think boundary setting is. So a lot of people have a really, a really confused idea about what a boundary even looks like. So you can't set boundaries on, on other people's behalfs, no matter how much you want to. You can't make your spouse not talk to their ex. You can't make the ex not talk to your spouse. You can't make the kids do anything. Those aren't boundaries. Boundaries are about what you are doing to protect yourself, to protect your wellness. So back to the question, back to this box. Do you actually know what the anatomy of a boundary is? There are specific ingredients that make up a boundary. Do you know how to set healthy boundaries or do you need to develop that skill? Do you need to develop the skill of step parenting? Because like I've said before, you know, step parenting is a skill. It's not something that some people are just innately born with and good at. Even people who are great with kids struggle with step parenting. It's a different skill set entirely. That's so cool. That's so great. Everyone can develop this skill. Do you need to develop the skill of healthy communication? Nonviolent communication, conflict resolution, right? Interrupting harmful communication patterns in your relationship, identifying harmful communication patterns in your relationship. Do you need to identify that skill? Maybe do you need to like join a club or join a community or start volunteering so that you have fulfilling relationships outside of your step family, so that your step family relationships are not the entire core of the relationships you have in your life do you need to expand that even if you're an introvert right is there something that you can do that feels safe and last but not least you know what are the costs or the consequences associated with not enhancing your social wellness okay what are the costs or consequences associated with not enhancing your social wellness uh, Nikki, yeah. Nikki's saying, I never thought that some of the boundaries I try and set are actually on behalf of my partner. Yeah, we can set boundaries on behalf of other people. We want to. We want to. We've been taught that that's what boundaries are, right? And one of the things that like so many stepmoms have said to me is like, I want my partner to respect my boundaries. Meaning, I want my partner to listen to me about the rules that I set for them. But that's not boundaries, right? And Nikki, you're in the stepmom story. We have a whole chapter. I think it's called the boundaries blueprint in there. So if you feel like going through that, I would invite you to. Okay. Uh, last but not least, what are the costs or consequences associated with not enhancing your social wellness? So obvious, the biggest, obvious, most obvious cost is like the cost of separation, cost of divorce, right? Average cost of divorce in the United States is $15,000. Average cost of a wedding is like 25,000. So there's 40 grand. A contested divorce in Alberta, where I live, costs an average of $25,000. What else is it costing you to have like relationships that don't feel awesome? 
What's it doing to your health to have holes in your relationships, to be unable to communicate with your partner, to be unable to communicate with your stepkids, right? To have a really high conflict relationship with your spouse's ex and no way to resolve that. What does that cost your health? What does it co- what is it co- what is it doing to like your work performance to be like distracted and on edge and moody and absent? Right? What is it doing to your work performance? What's it costing you there? What is what is this doing to your relationship with your spouse to be ruminating about how hard and unfair they've made your life by bringing forth all of these people that you want to be left 10 years 10 years away? Like go back there. Right? Stay there. <laughs> Stay there, y'all. But what does that do to your relationship when your spouse knows, you know, like these people are going to be here forever and I know that you don't want that? How does that impact your relationship? And again, I know I'm speaking in generalizations. Okay, so if this doesn't apply to you, that's fine. I just hope it sparks some food for thought for you to figure out what your own costs are here. Um, Another big cost is like court fees, right? People go back and forth to court, sometimes about important things. (laughs) But usually it's just because, because the communication is so... Everyone wants to die on every hill. So what's it cost in like court fees to die on every hill if that is if that is relevant to you? And you know, once again, this is not coming from a place of judgment. This is not coming from a place of like you're doing this wrong. This is not coming from a place of like other people have it all figured out and you don't. What's wrong with you? Like none of us have it figured out. <laughs> Be included, by the way. <laughs> We, none of us have it all figured out. There's no such thing as having stuff families all figured out. And as soon as you feel like you have something all figured out, something changes. As soon as everyone's in a groove, something changes. The other parent moves. Someone goes through puberty. <laughs> Things change. Someone has a baby. We get a pet. Nothing in life is constant. The only, that sounds so like cliche and corny, but like the only constant in life is change. It's so true. So I being able to like think through this process that I've been that I've been helping you through over the last four days. What does life look like now? What do I want it to look like? What are the skills and capabilities I need to develop in order to make that happen for me? This is a skill. This is a process that you can use over and over and over and over and over again when things change in your relationships, when things change in your environment. When things change in your finances, you can keep coming back to these processes over and over and over again because your life is going to change. It's going to keep changing, right? Life is going to keep changing. That's why the Stepmom Story is a lifetime program because things always change and that's great. So once again, once you've finished uh, filling all four of your boxes out, I want you to ask yourself the question, what's one tiny thing? Or one big thing that you can do today that will help you maybe work toward developing one of those of those skills or capabilities that you identified in step three. Something that will align you with your vision. And as always, this invitation is going to stand to post in the group today with the action that you took today. 
Um, and I'm going to see you back here tomorrow for our final date together. Uh, we're going to be shifting gears a little bit away from the wellness domains and we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be doing um, some grief identification and some grief processing tomorrow. So a lot of stepmoms, me included, can tend to feel like, you know, my partner's already been there, done there with somebody else, been there, done that with somebody else. Therefore, this is what it means about my life. These are the repercussions on my own life. And something that's really important to know about step families is that step families are always created from a loss. Okay. Step families are always created from a loss. The loss of a first family. Always. Even if that loss came, even if that separation of that first family was for the best, which I'm sure that it was, they're still created out of loss. They couldn't form without that separation of that first family. And where there is loss, there is always grief. Now, a lot of people would consider it pretty standard that the parents would grieve the loss of their romantic relationship and the loss of their family. A lot of people would consider it pretty standard that the kids would grieve the loss of their family structure. But not a lot of people would consider that as stepmoms, we also have grief to process about that loss. This includes grieving the fact that your spouse has already experienced these big milestones with somebody else. Grieving the fact that this like timeline that you may have had for your life once upon a time is going to be impacted, has already been impacted by your partner's first life and their hesitancy to do it again. So in order to really be able to live in the present moment and in order to really be able to have hope for your future, it's a prerequisite to allow yourself to grieve that painful stuff from the past, to grieve the repercussions of the loss that your stepfamily was born from. So that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Okay. So <clears throat> thanks for jumping on, uh, on live. I appreciate it. I'm glad to see everybody here. Um, I'll see you back here same time, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, nine o'clock mountain standard time, eight Pacific, 10 central, 11 Eastern. I'm getting so good at time zones. Aren't I? Nikki, five, 5 p.m. Nikki, am I right? 5 p.m. in South Africa. Okay, um, so I'll see you all in the group. If you need help, if you need coaching, uh, make sure to tag me, post your stuff. I'm going to post another example if you guys want for this social domain because it's really, really important because the entire reason we are stepmoms is because of this social domain. So can't wait to see you back here tomorrow. Can't wait to see what you post in the group. Can't wait to see what your tiny steps are. And I appreciate you and you're all amazing. And I'm so proud of you for still being here. And uh, yeah, see you in the morning. See you in the group. Bye ladies.